Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on money. And uh, my son, Justin, and business partner, uh, we're talking about investment diversification, or at least we have been so far. I have a few quick announcements before we march forward here. First of all, Marshfield Food Pantry, wonderful folks who provide a great service for many families in Marshfield and, believe it or not, other towns as well. Uh, They need our help, and so please think about a donation of money or food. You can send your tax-deductible donation to the Marshfield Food Pantry, Post Office Box 1907 in Marshfield, Massachusetts, 02050. Or you can drop off food donations, and they'll certainly take cash or checks uh, at their new location in Library Plaza. Please visit them at marshfieldfoodpantry.org. Uh, another announcement, folks, uh, this is a relatively new uh, thing, and I probably should announce this more often. Um the show that you're listening to now, it's a two-hour show. We run from 8 to 10. Uh, if you just tuned in uh, and <clears throat> and wanted to catch the beginning or if you had to leave and wanted to catch the end, uh, we, we now have a radio show on Saturday and Sunday on WATD. And so a rerun of this show, it won't be live, but it'll still be good because, you know, we're hopefully saying some intelligent things, will be next Sunday. So this show, which is live today, and hopefully we get some callers, next, if you missed it, next Sunday morning between 7.30 and 9.30, you can catch the exact same show here on WATD. We're, we're taking over the station, Jess, you know, four hours of 
of financial talk on the weekend. What can I say? <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's that. Okay. And then next week's show. Well, all I know is that Alyssa and Kirk are doing next week's show. That's what my calendar says. The, the lovely Miss Mary Beth is on vacation, believe it or not, in Naples, Justin. And she usually yeah. sen- sends me, she took the, the, she's got the radio show calendar about uh, who, what the topics are. So, folks, Alyssa and or Kirk will be on the show next week. And whatever they talk about, it's going to be wor- worth listening to. I just don't happen to have a handle on it from where I'm sitting here. And, uh, you know, no big deal. Uh, hey, you know, they, may, they may have just not decided yet either you know you, like, you know that's that's Mary entirely Beth. true yeah yeah there's yeah. at least as good odds that they didn't that they didn't pick a topic yet uh-huh <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen according to the website your website mcnamarafinancial.com next saturday is social security 2019 oh Ooh. wow we should have known thank you tim, they, tim oh, all right welcome. tim thank you uh, that's why they pay you the big bucks around <laughs> that's here that's right thank you so much okay <laughs> yep. All right, and that's a biggie. That's right, because we have the Social Security Seminar. Hey, Tim, when is the Social Security Seminar? Can you see that? Uh, <laughs> I think it's the 28th. It of, is uh, going to be Tuesday, April 30th, 30th. 6.30 p.m. at the Caskin Flagon, right here in the Marshfield. Caskin Flagon. All right. Yeah. Tim, you are invaluable. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> All right, so folks, uh, so thus far... Uh, oh, by the way, a, a call-in talk radio show. We haven't had any folks call. They're probably so engrossed taking notes on what we're talking mm-hmm. about, Justin. They don't I'm have checking time. Checking my math. There you go. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, if you have a question related to anything we're talking about or anything about investments in general, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 781-837-4900. You could ask a question about your 401k. You could ask a question about your asset allocation or what pie colors and flavors do you have and are they appropriate for you with regard to stock and bond mixture? You know, is your portfolio performing as expected? Well, we don't know until we know what you're looking at and what you're expecting. Uh, And if you want to call on that, that would be perfectly fine. Uh, Annuities always have lots of questions around them. College savings, uh, if you're about to retire, you've got a nest egg and you're trying to figure out, well, how do I get some money out of here and how much can I take? Eh, We might be able to help you with that as well. So 781-837-49 900. Uh, if you've got a question about investing, we probably have an answer. And if we don't, we'll get back to you about that. 781-837-4900. Okay, my son, are we we have more to go on this diversification thing or are we done? Where, where are you on this? I think we should move on. I, I, th- I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overdo it. I think we, we made our point. Okay. So, so by the way, take a minute or two and yep. do the grant, the grand Reader's Digest, Dad would do it this way, summary sort of thing. I know, I know sometimes it's hard for you to step back, but go ahead, yep. go for it. Okay. So I'd say uh, the grand summary is diversification is good. There's a reason that you have it, and you just want to be patient, and you need to give it time to work out. I mean, if you, if you give it enough time, and if you have a sensible portfolio... There will be, uh, you, you know, there will come a time when you say, "Oh yeah, I know, I now I understand." And you know, we, we've been. My guess is that that time is is uh, well, it's, it's it will be sooner rather than later. But I don't know that to be the case, right? I mean, yeah. we've been saying that for a couple of years, where we just sort of been in a cycle where the United States market has done particularly well relative to most other investable assets. And at some point that is going to change and I'm not exactly sure when it will be, but 
the party always comes to an end, and so stay diversified and stick with you know st- if you've if you've come this far with a diversified portfolio, I wouldn't change anything just yet. Right? Yeah, good, good. Some parties end, some parties begin, right? You just don't know the wins and the wheres, right? Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, folks. By the way, maybe uh, maybe we can have a caller or two out there uh, who've been through the wars. For, for a number of years and, and kind of could uh, provide some testimony to our thoughts that the, the longer you go, uh, you know, the better you get. You know, it's one thing to intellectualize about why you have a diversified portfolio. It's another thing to live it long enough and feel good about it. And, you know, maybe we can get a call on that subject. Uh, 781-837-4900. Okay, so we need about another three hours to take care of this outline I'm looking at here, my son. What do you think? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So why don't you introduce the topic and kind of carry the ball and I'll I'll interject as we go along here so go for it okay so I thought again I thought we'd go over some of the terms that we uh, that, that we're hearing uh, that people that we use and uh, that folks here in the in sort of the financial media and I think this is kind of a is it chronological as best we can? Well, we well can you know, I, I try to do chronological, but I'm not sure if that makes sense either. Yeah. So you can, you can take them in any order you want. I will never get through all of them anyway. So may, maybe you want to start, uh, you know, we can start with the bad ones and end up with the good ones, but we might not have enough time. So I don't know if you want to start with what we think people should be doing and then tell them about all the rest. Uh, your, your call. That's a hard one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we... Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot here, right? I mean, in terms yeah. of how to approach it, you know. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, let, let's go. Th- let's start at the beginning and just sort of let's let's quickly run through maybe the uh, the chronology of just sort of 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 where we started in investment. You know, kind of a quick history of yeah. what was investing, say, you know, yeah. forty years ago, and and how it changed, yeah. and then we can get sort of back into some of the details on. On those uh, on those terms. So so maybe run quickly all the way down to active versus passive end there, and then kind of spend some more time on the bottom piece. You think maybe so, something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go for it then. Okay. So so uh, again, we, we we referenced this in our in our diversification discussion, but going back, and I don't, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss on exactly the years, but um, let's say we're back to the 50s, right? We're back to the 1950s. Back then, people were were you know if you were an investor in there and you know the average household at that point I believe was not an investor and, and it's it wasn't common until probably the eighties or nineties. But if you were buying investments back then, you were buying generally speaking individual securities, right? The, the term stockbroker uh, doesn't doesn't re- I mean maybe there are still some stockbrokers, but it's not a very common one anymore. It's not a common job anymore. Not a uh, good sounding name marketing wise. That's know? right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We the financial advisor successfully uh, t- sullied that name, didn't they? Yep, she uh, did. Anyway, so uh, you started off with individual securities, and that's how you purchased investments. Okay, and that that it was. I would say it's, that was going on for a long time until you get until pooled investments become relatively popular. And I know that I know that there have been pooled investments going back to probably the '30s. Uh, but they they weren't particularly popular until what probably the seventies or eighties. So yeah, 
when, in, when they put 401ks, the 401k legislation came into place, that helped a whole lot too. But yeah, they, 70s yeah. or 80s at least in terms of popularity. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think Vanguard shows up in the mid-70s. Um, and so you get... You get, you're getting a pop. You're getting a move away, a transition away from individual securities to pooled investments, right? At first, that's, you know, the common, the most common is mutual fund. Um, now, the you know, sort of the latest generation of the mutual fund is the exchange traded fund. But you really transition. You start the transition away from individual investments, and you go over to pooled securities back in the 70s and 80s, and we're now at a point. Again, just parenthetically, where, where you really don't get a lot of individual investors. They, they, they represent a very, very small part of the market uh, as opposed to folks who are investing in mutual funds, right? The, the thank, lion- thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, the f- folks who own individual stocks we meet inherited them, basically, right? Most of them. Right, in most fact, of them. the vast yeah, majority, it, yeah. There are, and, and to be clear, there, you know, there are obviously people who own individual stocks. Even those folks who, who may have individual stocks are are now sometimes buying them as part of sort of, uh, as a mutual fund like portfolio, right? I mean, you, you can have a, if you have enough money, you can buy, you know, you, you can go and get, uh, and get advice and as opposed to owning a mutual fund, you just may own a portfolio of individual stocks. It, in our opinion, you, you need a bunch of money to really do that well, uh, because it, you know, never mind being smart. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. You, there are mutual funds where you can that you can just get them in sort of what's called a separately managed account, right? So yeah. you, where where you get the advice on which stocks to buy, but you're not you don't own a mutual fund. You actually own the individual underlying securities, and there are you know in theory pros and cons to that. The the you know the the upside is that you get to sort of manage taxes, and and there may be some um, you know there may be some benefits by getting out of the pool out of the investment pool with the other folks. Uh, but there are also some downsides like, uh, you know, like potentially costs where you're buying and selling every security on your own and you have, you know, there's a trading charge associated with each and every single one of those. So, so I don't mean, we don't mean to say that buying individual securities, stocks, bonds is dead, but it's, it's far less common, especially in the world now where, uh, you know, assets are dominated by 401ks and financial advisors, right? There, you know, you yep. really don't see a lot of individual stocks in 401k. Uh, and most financial advisors are not doing individualized securities, at least at the, on the the retail level, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. in much larger pools of money. Just speaking on, the, but people do put their company stock sometimes in their four hundred one k, but they just clamp yeah. down on percentages and that stuff, right? To, uh, did you, they clamp? Yeah, I know. I know there's been some regulation. I don't. I, I, yeah. I'm not privy to it because we don't advise on a lot of 401k and we don't yeah. advise on any 401ks that have publicly traded stocks. So yeah. uh, there are, you know, there were obviously, a, I wouldn't call them necessarily abuses, but um, a lot of people got in trouble by owning stocks in their 401k. The, 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 their own company stock I'm, a, I'm referring to. You know, if exactly. you work yeah. for oh, yeah, a yeah. big company, that's, you could buy your own stock in the 401k at, at whatever sort of a thing. And so so that's, that's probably the only time we see folks, or most of the time we see folks who happen own individual stocks, right? They have the company. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's no, no. Some well, well inherited we to. see them. Yeah. You yeah. know, okay. I, I see them as the as the investor here. We you know we have incoming transfers on a regular basis, and I would say that I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe maybe twenty. 20-ish percent might have a, an individual position or two. Maybe it's 10. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously I don't keep okay. the numbers, but you yeah. know, we certainly see them from time to time. A lot of times it may just be, you know, quote unquote fun money. You know, we, we certainly yeah. have folks who, if you're following the market and, and if you find it interesting, uh, 
there are folks that have portfolios, hopefully that are a relatively small percentage of their overall assets, uh, and that would be our recommendation. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you want to, yeah. you know, we have folks who hollow out, you know, fifty thousand dollars and say, okay, I'm just going to buy some stocks with this, and yeah. because I find and, it interesting. And for most of those folks, their fund money money becomes sad money sooner or later. But that's okay. <laughs> Uh, but I digress. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so we 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 transition from individual securities uh, into mostly pooled investments. Uh, once that happens, we start to see kind of the growth the growth of of asset alloc- of asset allocation. Uh, the uh, the kind of the, the ascension of, uh, of of Ibbotson and Associates. Ibbotson and Associates is a, is a company, a research company, uh, now owned by Morningstar, and they sort of pioneer the style box, right? So they they say, okay, well, you have the all these stocks, and let's start to sort of define them further, right? You know, they they were you know you have your U.S. and you have your international, but you also have different kinds of U.S. stocks, right? You have big ones, you have little ones, you have you have growth, you have value, um, you have core, and you know that's really the start of uh, you know that's that's the the start of the pies, right? The asset allocation era, which is probably in you know sometime in the '90s when instead of just trying to pick mutual funds that have a good manager, right? Because back you know back in these days, it's it's mostly uh, managers who are you know trying to quote unquote beat the market. The the index fund revolution ha- hasn't quite happened in sort of the late '80s and early '90s. And so you are just going out there and you're finding a manager, right? You may you go to Fidelity and you, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on the Fidelity. What's the famous um, Fidelity manager's name who ran Magellan for a while? Do you got P- Peter Lynch. Peter Lynch, yeah, right. I'm going to go hire Peter Lynch in my Fidelity Magellan or I'm going to go to the American funds uh, and buy the investment company of America or, or and you know, I'm going to go try to find a good manager who's going to try to beat the market. Uh, and... As that you know, th- so that that went on there like that for a while, but then Morningstar steps in, uh, Ibbotson and Morningstar, and they start to say, okay, well, no, you want to be diversified, right? You want to, you don't just want um, to own Fidelity Magellan and also a lot of other funds that are just like Fidelity Magellan because you're not getting the diversification benefits, right? They start they start to crunch numbers and say, well, you should own a fund like this, but you should also own a small cap fund and a bond fund and an international fund and emerging markets fund. And you should build that and you should build your portfolio that way uh, because you're going to get a better bang for your buck, right? You'll be more diversified and the experience will be better. You'll get a better return and lower volatility. Yeah, and the be- and, and the beauty of all of that is that yes, you can actually create portfolios, and you can do it with really small money, which wasn't available to retail right. individual investors for, for like forever. To be honest with you, yeah, right, yeah, so yeah, the the trend the, the transition is actually fairly staggering, right? I mean, you you used yeah. to. Yeah. Um, the the cost to invest, right? It used to. I don't know what I don't know what commissions were on stocks, but they were fairly hefty when you know five a long five, time or, ago. five five or six. Yeah, and so you, you used to be paying a big percentage just to buy a stock, and now we're you know we've we've sort of fully transitioned to the point where you can buy the S and P five hundred, the entire S and P five hundred for almost nothing. I mean, you can yeah. you can find it available 
at Schwab at TD Ameritrade with no transaction fee. I mean, they all they all have uh, agreements and or their own funds that you can buy it for no commission uh, and almost no management fee. Right? Yeah. Very. You yep. know, the the S and P five hundred is available at fair. I think I think Fidelity now has one that's at zero. Right. So there's a, now a Fidelity zero management fee. Uh, mutual fund in the S&P 500. So I'm going to be a little suspicious about that. Well, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah, but hey, it's, it, that's, that's what it is. So you've gone from literally, you know, a fairly substantial amount of money to essentially free to get your asset class exposure, um, which is just a, again, that's not really on, on topic, but it's, it's yeah, a fairly it's, staggering transition. It, yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. Staggering is a good word to describe that. Yep. Uh, and okay. good, too. Yeah. <laughs> And okay, so so we've we've made the transition to pies, and you know we're really still at the pie level with regards to money management, and probably yeah. never will leave it. I wouldn't think, you know, we, yeah. uh, diversification is one of those things that is that is tried and true, and probably won't ever leave us. I doubt that we'll be sitting here twenty years from now doing so. You know, it, what we're doing may be different, and how we get there may be different as well, but we will very likely be in a very similar paradigm where we are putting together diversified portfolios. You know, I don't know if there'll be mutual funds or exchange traded funds or something new, uh, or if they'll be, uh, you know, or, or if we're going to add asset classes that, or, you know, and now then everyone will be invested in, in direct real estate because that's now easily tradable on, uh, on exchanges or, or, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but, um, Chances are people will still be diversified and they're still going to own multiple securities and multiple assets. Yeah, and, and, and another offshoot of that is, well, you can now buy a mutual fund that basically is the pie. Right. You know, you know they're called asset allocation funds. So it, it, yeah. th- th- those evolutionary things have been truly wonderful for the retail investors of the world. Truly wonderful. Yep. yep. Good thing. Um, you know, the... The the next sort of transition from there, after we hit sort of the asset allocation error, which is, you know, in the 90s and 2000s, uh, really probably punctuated by the the tech bubble, right? I mean, there, there was a, a real lesson learned in the decade, of the t- as, as I know you know. Uh, yeah, I in do. In 2000, <laughs> we famously had, you know, asset allocation is dead on, on you know, the cover of, covers of magazines. And you know, people were loading up on technology stocks. They were loading up on on growth stocks, and a lot of people uh, were in for a big surprise in uh, in 2000 when the bubble burst. And if you if you maintained your diversified portfolio through that time, you you did okay. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a happy time. Um, yep. But if you kept you know if you if you had a portfolio that included bonds that included you know, anything other than just growth stocks, um, you certainly manage the volatility well. And it was a real lesson to everybody. And they said, oh man, you know, just owning, you know, 20 tech stocks is not diversified. That have no earnings that just came public that's last right. week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. get a bunch of those. Yeah. Right. So that was a real lesson in diversification and, uh, and pie building. That's, that sort of cemented everything. Um, that has just, I think that's really just continued to evolve and all that's changed are, you know, the ingredients to the pie are continually being, um, I guess we're, we're, we're adding more and more ingredients, maybe sometimes, you know, for better and for worse, I think, potentially. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, in, in the year 2000, let's say, you know, mutual funds were, were fairly plain vanilla. I mean, there were certainly 
there was certainly a lot more diversification than there was in 1990 as far as options to invest in. Um, but uh, the last, say, five or ten years, you really have a bunch of asset classes that really weren't that, that just weren't accessible to your average investor, right? I mean, it's it was. You know, plain vanilla stock and bonds and large cap and mid cap and small cap are you know have been with us for a long time, but now we sort of step into a different world where there are hedge fund like investments that are being added to these mixtures, stuff that you know people you know just couldn't get access to fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, saying. access is a great a great word yeah. to describe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that you have, you know, and there. Just to be clear, there's there's always been at the very very top of the market. There have always been investment strategies that are that would be ascribed as not plain vanilla, right? I mean, you know, just not stocks and bonds. You have folks doing, you know, currency trading and uh, and and long short and you know, kind of distressed debt situations. You know, merger arbitrage. There's a lot going. There's been a lot going on, and that's been around for a long time. Uh, but now we're sort of stepping into a world where those companies are bringing those those investment strategies down uh, to the retail investor. And then, you know, really now we've just said, you know, in, in 2000, everyone said, oh, man, you really need to have a pie. And since then, we've been sort of trying to, or, well, the industry's been trying to add things to the pie. Um, and... You know, some some of it makes sense, and some of it probably doesn't, and it's it's not easy to. And you won't know for a while, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I think historically we've always been in the uh, you know kind of the slow and steady. We, we've we've I, we've certainly never jumped on uh, an investment trend that I can remember. Um, and you know, it's it's just a uh, it's just something that we do because it's you know if you're if you're on the cutting edge, you know, they don't call I don't I guess they don't call it the bleeding edge for uh, for no reason, right? <laughs> yep, that's correct. Uh, uh, by the way, just we're we're I, I just about at a break time, believe it okay. or not. So so you you need to you know time flies obviously. So you know during the break, kind of pick out the priorities about what you want to get through. We'll just we'll skip most of the stuff and get to the important stuff, I guess, from your point of view. Okay. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 